As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Today's episode of the All Angels Podcast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and hate your favorite team. A rising tide floats all boats, so go check them out online and on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. Spelled like sports drink without the vowels. Oh, got it, got it, got it! 33! Center field, Marsh leaps, and he got it! It normally. High fly ball, deep left field, oh, 27, does it again! For this year. Wall sends it well out to left center field! This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels baseball. You listen to All Angels Podcasts. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Garcia. So today is a special recording. Not only did the Angels take two or three in Boston, but I am recording live pregame before the Inland Empire 66ers game today on Cinco de Mayo, where they become the Kakuis. So check it out. So if you have not been to Inland Empire, I highly recommend it. It is very affordable for a family. It is a lot of fun. They do a lot of in-between innings, giveaways, and all that stuff. So if you are itching for a baseball game and you want to see some future angels, definitely come out here to San Bernardino and check it out. Now that they're back full-time this year with a full crowd, uh, it gets a lot of fun. They've been walking off like crazy. If, I don't know if you follow them on Instagram or on Twitter, but it seems like almost every other day they are winning games by walk-off late in, late in games. So almost kind of like what the Angels did this last series out in Boston. Um, so let's get to that real quick. Obviously, the series out in Chicago was split 2-2, but they left Chicago with a bad taste in their mouth, losing 3-0. Uh, to Chicago being the second shutout of that series. So it seemed like a very feast or famine type of series with Chicago. Either five runs, it goes five runs, zero runs, six runs, zero runs again. So coming into Boston, Angels hoping to find that offense that showed up at times in Chicago. So the very first game of the series, Noah Syndergaard was on the mound. So you knew the, the likelihood of him giving you a gem was high and the runs were going to be low. And that's exactly what Noah Syndergaard did. He ended up going seven innings, giving up eight hits, three runs, walking one with three strikeouts. But unfortunately, it just seemed like the Angels could not get anything rolling again 
on offense, only able to get three hits for the whole night, striking out five times. And their strikeout numbers have seemed to be up quite a bit during this series. But give credit to uh, Michael Waka, who, if you remember, he kind of coming out party a little bit in uh, St. Louis, I believe, uh, a handful of years ago, then kind of fell off the radar a little bit. But now this year with Boston has found something, has been someone that Boston has turned to do. Give good outings day in and day out when his when his name is called. Um, Waka is three and zero with a one three eight ERA, so definitely not an easy task. Regardless of what Boston's uh, record was, and truthfully, I think Boston's going to be better by the end of the year. This Boston team that you see now is not going to be the Boston you see later. I think they're going to get back to five hundred. I think they're going to be competitive. I don't know if if they're able to be able to get themselves out of a hole where they they make serious run at the playoffs, but I do not believe Boston is this bad of a team. But like I mentioned, the Angels' bats went completely cold in the cold Boston air on Monday, or on Tuesday, sorry. forgot it was a wraparound series, so on Tuesday. But you look forward to the next inning, and or the next outing, and you're, again, still trying to, to shake off. I think at this point... Um, you're shut out three out of the last four games. You're looking for some kind of spark. You're looking for some kind of some kind of good fortune, whether that's a bloop single, whether that's a um, check swing, triple, something like that where it might not be the prettiest, but it gets you going. So they go into Wednesday looking for something, looking for anything that they could do to, to make this run. On Wednesday, Reed Detmers takes the mound. Okay outing, not great. Um, a lot of high-stressed innings, a lot of high-stressed situations for him. He ends up going four and two-thirds, four hits, three runs, two walks, and two strikeouts. Unfortunately, it seemed like whenever – and this kind of was going through the whole part of the game – was if someone got walked or someone got hit, that came around and bit the Angels because either a home run happened or they were able to work their way around the bases. So those free passes really came back and bit the Angels um, during this game. But this game got really kind of crazy later on in the game. So obviously, you know, you you probably heard by now or probably seen the highlights of it. It was a back and forth game all game long. Boston was up early in the third. Angels came back in the fifth to score. But then right after, Boston gets a run. So we go all the way. We're going to fast forward this game um, all the way to the ninth inning. Because in my eyes, I feel like that's that's when this game got kind of crazy. And obviously, you know, there's. You, you have good contributions throughout the game. Stassi had his home run the fifth, um, like I mentioned, and then um, Anthony Rendon got his home run in, in the in the seventh inning, which capped off a pretty good game for Anthony Rendon And in this game. He ended up going uh, two for five with two RBIs and two runs. So hopefully that means he's kind of turning it around a little bit. But like I mentioned, let's go to the ninth inning and when all the craziness happened. So you're looking at the top of the ninth for the Angels. They're down one, three to four, and they are down to their very last out. And even two, almost so much for the very last strike. I believe it was a two-strike pitch where in the top of the ninth, you had Jerry Walsh come up to bat with uh, Otani and Trout on base and down to his very last strike and if you guys watch this game this at bat was one of the best at bats i've seen all season long 
battling, 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 fouling it off, getting to a full count. Finally, Jared Walsh delivers and ties the game. And that was off Jake Diekman, who replaced Angels' former closer, Hansel Robles, the undertaker, if you will, came in the ninth inning to kind of shut things out. But like I mentioned, he struck out Ward to start the game, which, or start the inning, which was kind of iffy. But then he gets a walk, two walks back-to-back to Trout and Otani. Um, and then that was it for him. He gets uh, Rendon to fly out, but because you can just tell he didn't have it, he got replaced. So Hansel Robles who was, I guess, pretty doing pretty well with Boston, gets lifted for Jake Diekman, and then Jared Walsh does that. The very next batter was supposed to be Jose Rojas, who got, this, Rojas, who got the start. But for whatever reason, I don't know if Madden, I didn't, I didn't see numbers, I didn't look up numbers, but I don't know if Suzuki just had a better history against the pitcher or he felt he had a better opportunity, he was hot or whatever. I'm not sure because... Obviously, Rojas just getting called up, and Suzuki being a backup catcher, not getting reps every day. But either way, Suzuki gets uh, pitch hits for uh, Rojas, gets a walk, but unfortunately, Max Stassi flies out. That's the end of the top of the ninth. But this is where it gets kind of crazy again. But now with all the pitch hitting Joe Madden has done throughout the game, he is out of bench players. So now... You have Jared Walsh going to left field. You have Kurt Suzuki going to first base where he has not played first base. They said it during the broadcast since his double A year. I think they said eight games. So a very long time ago and a very small sample. So Ryan Tapera gets on the mound. Christian Vasquez walks. So now you have in a situation where they are very cautious about that runner at first base they throw it back to Suzuki a couple of times to kind of hold him there each time I kind of was holding my breath was I understand you don't want the guy to run but at the same time I feel like you're kind of uh rolling the dice every single time you threw to first base but luckily nothing happened they ended up getting a double play that got out of the bottom of the ninth so top of the 10th this is where everything got busted wide open top of the 10th you have Fletcher Mayfield Ward to lead off the inning you get two outs right away from Fletcher and Mayfield but because of that ghost runner or whatever Manford runner or whatever people are calling it Taylor Ward comes up to the plate and does this the runner on second the top of the 10th gives that So that's a two-run shot in extra innings for player of the week, Taylor Ward, which continues almost by himself put this offense on his back, getting production that I'm sure none of us thought we were going to see this year from him. Out of a guy that I think a lot of people were, yeah, he can compete for an outfield spot to now he is an automatic start or needs to be an automatic start. Right after Ward comes up, you have Mike, Tra- Mike Trout single, an Otani walk, another pitching change, a Rendon single, which also scored Mike Trout, and then you have Jared Walsh coming up to bat again and does this. Jared Walsh, that ball smacked in the left, and that ball is going to go! 
Jared Walsh is going deep. The Angels breaking open as Walsh with a three-run home run. It's 10-4 Angels. And that would bust the game wide open, making it 10-4 Angels. And whatever offensive woes they were having pregame, they seemed to find it. Whatever it was, they found it. Because coming into this game, it got to a point where I believe uh, it was 22 straight scoreless innings for the Angels. And they absolutely blew up in the ninth and 10th inning. So Suzuki will get the next out. That is three outs. So now we go to the bottom of the 10th where we have Jimmy Herget to come in and just kind of play mop-up duty. Boston does end up getting one run because of the hole. Again, base runner on second. But that's all they would get. Three outs. Angels win 10-5 to to break that, not only that scoreless streak, but that small uh, two-game losing streak. And they are able to at least get one in Boston going into the day game the next day with Otani on the mound. This game, I believe, was very important for this series. It's the worst thing in the world, I feel, if you're down 2-0 in the series and now you have to go to that third game, afternoon game, getaway game. You're already having to fly from coast to coast. You already have that on the back of your mind. You're already kind of thinking, okay, let's just get out of here. But with this surge of runs in in that late inning, people were looking forward, myself included, were looking to see how this would translate over to the next game. Are they going to come out firing? Are they going to come out cold again? Are they going to come out with that same ability to put runs on the board? That was the biggest question now for me going into the game on Cinco de Mayo on Thursday. So Thursday was Shohei Otani Day, making history yet again in Boston, being the first pitcher to bat in the top four spots of a lineup since Babe Ruth, I believe they said since 19... Uh, 16, some long ass time ago, 1960, 1970. It's kind of all a blur from there. But already before he even does anything, he absolutely sets more history. And it just seems like every single chance he gets to get into a different stadium doing different things, there's this history right behind it. So this game kind of turned into a pitching duel all the way through the game. Otani was just on fire. Otani was, I feel like with Otani, and honestly, a lot of these pitchers, I think Patrick is like this. I think um, Lorenzen kind of is like this. I, I want to see more of a sample size from him. But you have a good idea if they have it early, where they're not really struggling in the first inning to get out of the first inning. Their their stuff looks good. Maybe not their top pitch is it has the feel for it, but their secondary pitches are on point. And that's just kind of the vibe I got from Otani in this game, where off the bat, off, you know, since go, it just seemed like he was feeling it. He felt he just seemed like he was being able to control all his pitches, and that's kind of that's kind of what happened during this game because he had an absolute gem going seven innings, six hits with eleven strikeouts, no walks. And I found out a little bit later on Twitter, I believe it was Taylor Blake Ward, a friend of the podcast, came out and tweeted, not only did Otani not walk anybody which has been a kind of a bugaboo for him um the last year two years or so but he didn't even go to a three ball count during the whole game and that's crazy if otani is like that for the season he's gonna be in the running for cy young he has really good stuff he has elite stuff and obviously if you watched enough baseball games angels games with otani on the mound 
it just seems like if he can find his control early. You saw it in Houston. When he found his control early, he was untouchable. And even though this game wasn't like a, a perfect game going into the fifth or sixth inning, you look at some of the secondary stats, you look at some of the secondary numbers from this game, his whiff rate, him not even going to a three-ball count, you know, his his strike-to-ball ratio, stuff like that was on point and probably his best pitch game he's had all year, including that Houston game. Ends up going, like I mentioned, seven innings, pitching 99 pitches. So now he is seems fully stretched out, fully ready to go. You had Myers come in for the two innings afterwards, struck out two out of the six, ball game. Angels win 8-0. But let's get to the offense. The offense was a very key point during this game. And like I mentioned, it was a pitching duel all the way until the seventh inning. And in the seventh inning, Jared Walsh again comes up to bat with Anthony Radon on base and does this. That could be trouble. Into the corner toward Pesky's pole. And gone! He did it again! So that would be Jared Walsh's fourth home run of the year, giving the Angels the lead 2-0 to zero in the seventh. Well, in the eighth inning, this was the big inning. This was, I guess you would want to call the blow-up inning for Boston. It had all got started with a Brandon Marsh single uh, to left field, and Brandon has been really struggling this road trip between Chicago and Boston. This is his very first hit of the road trip, something really bad, and some people are wondering why is he still in the lineup? Why is he still out there? For And, and for me, it's two reasons. Obviously, one, you don't have a lot of true outfielders on the roster right now since you sent down Joe Adele. And number two, and probably the biggest reason, his defense. He still performs at an elite level defensively. There's a saying, defense doesn't slump. And that's exactly what, what Brandon brings to this team day in and day out, regardless of what he does at the plate. At this point, you're just hoping that anything you get from him at the plate is a bonus. But with Mike Trout um, having the day off today on Thursday, Marsh was in center field. But the fact that he was able to get on base in the eighth inning to kind of hopefully breaks the streak. And we'll see how it is coming back to Anaheim for this next set of games. But he sets the table. You get Andrew Velasquez who gets hit by pitch. And then that's when the singles, kind of the paper cuts, death by a thousand paper cuts start happening. You have Taylor Ward with a base hit. And then you have Fletcher with another single that scores the, th- the third run of the game. Then you have Shohei Otani coming again and hit another single. That's the fourth run of the game. And it would just keep on going. Jared Walsh gets into the gets into the mix with this two-run single. And that's oh. going to get through. Everything going the Halos way this afternoon. Both runs will score. Two more RBIs for Jared Walsh. So that would cap a two-for-four outing by Jared Walsh with four RBIs. But the Angels weren't done yet in the game. They're able to get out. Boston was able to get out of the inning. Eighth. Three up, three down. And the lead off the ninth was Brandon Marsh, the same guy who led off the eighth inning and was able to get on base for the first time this series. And he does this. Marsh with a high drive out to right field. Cordero watches. And that one's going to fly. Third of the year for Brandon Marsh. And that would be his third home run of the season to make it 8-0. Angels win. Angels win the series. 
Angels complete the road trip, winning four out of the seven games. And like I mentioned before, you look to split on the road and win at home, able to pick up a couple of extra games. Angels still in first place on the way home to Anaheim, where they will play the Washington Nationals Mother's Day weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So good series by the Angels. In my eyes, very hot and cold with with this offense. You kind of don't know what you're going to get, and you don't know when you're going to get it. But when they're on, it is scary. It is scary, and I think this offense can be really, really good. I, myself, and again, it's early. It's not like it's June. It's not like um, the final stretch of the season by any means. We're 27 games into the season, but I would love to see a little bit more consistency. And I, and I mentioned it before with games past. I love the innings where they score five or six runs in that single inning. I just get worried when it's in the first or sixth, first or second inning and you give your off your def, uh, your opponent a bunch of time to catch up. I would love to see a run here, two runs and you know next inning, another two runs and maybe in three more innings to just kind of slowly take the confidence out of a baseball team. You get six up on on the team in the first inning and you let them kind of piece at it throughout the game, their confidence continues to build. So Again, I love the six-run inning. It's fun. You love it when everyone gets a, a chance at the bat rack. But I would love to see the team a little bit more consistent as far as not just doing it for one single inning and it kind of spreads it out a little bit. But either way you look at it, great win in Boston, great final two wins in Boston for the Angels and wrapping up that uh, Chicago-Boston road trip, like I mentioned, taking four out of seven. Now kind of looking forward uh, we'll get a little bit more into it, more into it a little bit later. But Washington Nationals on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday being Mother's Day. But again, another team the Angels should really take advantage of and really, um, quite honestly, should sweep them. We'll see. We'll talk about the pitching matchups, about what could happen right after this. Let me talk about Athletic Greens real quick. I take Athletic Greens. It is something that I take every morning. And guess what? It's easy to drink. Which for me, that's number one. It's not like all your other vitamin powders that have that real earthy taste to it. This is very easy to drink, which makes it easy for me to take every day. All it takes is a single scoop and water every day. Cold water. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a full year supply for free with your first purchase. That's immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take your ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Let me talk about our next sponsor, ColorCast. ColorCast is a live audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and free to use. Talk to fans, athletes, and interact in real time, perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS app store. Create a profile and link your Twitter. That's all. Come with your spectacular takes. So a lot of talk about who is going to pitch Friday night. And nothing has been said formally nothing has come out officially 
we were I was personally waiting to see if, if they're going to announce a starter between the end of the game and when I got here uh, to Illinois Empire to see if they had announced a starter uh, for Friday's game. But a little bit, a little interesting bit of news today. Jonathan Diaz, pitcher for the AAA Salt Lake Bees, was scheduled to start today, the 5th, but now is not. So he could possibly be a guy that the Angels are thinking about bringing up tomorrow, the 6th, to start that Friday game. He had a very good outing last time he was out there. He is currently, I believe, on the 40-man roster, so you wouldn't necessarily need to make room there. But you would have to, yes, option someone uh, and have to make a roster move. And I think, too, another option is Jaime Berea, whether that is in a bullpen-type game like they did with uh, Herget at the beginning of the Chicago series. Um, But I think that's also an option. But no word as we record this about who's starting on Friday. Maybe by the time you guys listen to this, they would have come out and said who is starting. But right now, no idea who's starting Friday. And then I believe on Saturday against the Nationals, I think I heard someone say Lorenzen's possibly this could start on Saturday with Patrick Sandoval starting on Sunday, on Mother's Day. So very rare that you don't at least know the next day starter, but with Jose Suarez getting sent down with the bug that Noah Syndergaard had, had and got pushed back a little bit and kind of reshuffled that rotation. Really interesting to see how this weekend's pitching performance, pitching lineup kind of uh, pans out. And again, with with Washington in town, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but you know you, you still want to take advantage of a team like this where they're not great. They're not supposed to beat you guys. You want to kind of snuff them out early. They do have Josh Bell and obviously Juan Soto and Nelson Cruz in their lineup. So a very good one, two, three punch for the Nationals. So any kind of runs the Angels can score and make it harder for them obviously is going to help a lot. Um, If you get another six run inning, it's going to be huge. But again, some, some, Big faces coming over to Anaheim during this week, and I am really excited to see Juan Soto um, live. Last time I saw the Nationals play the Angels, I I think Harper was still on the team, and that was a big thing. That was that one game uh, where Harper comes up in the top of the first, hits a home run, and then Mike Trout comes up in the bottom of the first and hits his home run, and that was kind of the, the buzz of the game for the rest of the game there. So, again, Juan Soto, Josh Bell, Nelson Cruz, these guys have power. These guys have popped. So hopefully our pitching brings the A game. Hopefully our offense can make someone else beat them. Don't let you know Nelson Cruz and Soto and Bell come up with multiple guys on base because they walked them or because um, they weren't able to put them away on an 0-2 count kind of deal. So the biggest thing for this coming series is make sure when those guys come up to bat that no one's on base and the solo home run doesn't kill you. So biggest threat coming up this weekend, again, Nelson Cruz, Juan Soto, and Josh Bell. So keep a lookout for that. Uh, Pitching-wise, I don't see any guys that are really going to um, threaten or, or should be, I should say should, because I would have said the same thing about Boston, should be able to um, shut down the Angels. But you're catching them on a three on a two game losing streak. They dropped the last two games uh, against Colorado 
in Washington. So I guess that's a kind of a – they're both flying coast-to-coast, coast, Washington and the Angels. So I guess on that part, it's, it's fairly neutral. So hopefully they are able to take advantage of a team whose pitching has not performed well all year long, but we'll have to wait and see. So some other moves made during this series. The first move I want to talk about is um, if you watch the game – the Chicago game on Monday, Gooby was under the weather. I hope he feels better. A friend of the podcast had him on a couple of times, talked to him a couple of times at Angel Stadium. Just what you see on TV is is who he is. He is. He's always that nice. He's always that kind of fired up personality, positive personality. He's he's like that on and off the 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 screen. So hopefully he gets back soon. But in Boston, you had Matty V and Bobby V uh, in the broadcast booth. You know, I didn't watch a ton of the game on Tuesday, but I did watch almost all of it on Wednesday. And there are just some things where you're thinking to yourself, like there's some obvious kind of tidbits that I think I think the diehard Angel fans know, but maybe the casual ones don't or don't remember. Um, Hansel Robles is the perfect example of it. He comes in, and I guess they did mention it very quickly that he was with the Angels. But after that, it was former Met and former this, former that. Didn't ever bring up the fact that he was with the Angels. And actually had that very first year he was with the Angels, had a really, really good year. That second year with the Angels, not so much. But his first year with the Angels, if you guys remember, he actually had a really good year. Not only that, but uh, Jared Walsh, we mentioned it because of all the all the pitch hitting and all the movement Madden did during that game. You ended up putting Jared Walsh in left field. And granted, I know it was an all-star game, but they made it sound like he's never played left field a day in his life. And it was a perfect opportunity to play this clip. He's hit in the air to left and caught. Jared Walsh. What a play coming in to get it with a sliding grab to Rob Bryant. So not only had Jared Walsh played left field in a Major League Baseball game, not only did Jared Walsh play left field in an All-Star game, but he also made a sliding grab that, if you remember right, pretty much saved the game. And a guy that's never played there professionally, but, I mean, they kind of made it sound like he's never, he wouldn't know where to stand. But Jerry Walsh did great. The final out of that um, Wednesday game was hit to Jerry Walsh, so it kind of did go full circle. But, yeah, I just, <laughs> there was that comment a little while ago from that, uh, athletic beat reporter for the Yankees about the Angels broadcast. And granted, I think a lot of people, you know, jumped on her a little bit and just was kind of, well, explain this. And I was one of them. Like, okay, well, if you're going to judge it, make sure your broadcast is up to par. But if she would have said that very same thing after these last couple of broadcasts, where it's Maddie V and Bobby V, I probably wouldn't have had no problem with it. Um, you do realize how much of a glue guy Mark Gubaza is and how much this guy actually cares about the Angels because the one thing I th- I feel is missing with Matty V, um, with Bobby V, 
with with all these kind of replacements. And granted, Bobby Valentine isn't supposed to be in the booth. That's not what his job is. But and I think with Matty V, that's just part of it. There's no real like they're cheering because they're employed or they cover the team. So naturally, when you follow a team day by day, you're going to get kind of close to it. But there's no knowledge of like history. There's no knowledge of maybe like big history. Oh, so and so, you know, Jerry Walsh threw a no hitter back in the day, blah blah blah, or whatever. But as far as like these little things where you know so and so played, you know, left field in the All Star game, or this guy played this position with the Angels here and there, or this guy came up through the system with the Angels, or anything like that. I think there's just a lack of knowledge with with that stuff, with not having a guy who is with the A with the team all the time, and B just is new. And I think Gooby does a very good job of bringing in that Angels history when he's out there. So when he's not out there because he because of the, of his little bug he has, you can definitely tell a difference. You can definitely tell a difference between um, a guy that has been with the Angels for years now and knows the history of like pretty much each player that's come up through the system with the Angels. And right now with them, they have a lot of young guys that have worked their way through the system. And, yeah, you can just tell the difference from the broadcast. Now, what I am looking forward to, listening to the game on the radio today um, on the Thursday game, is that they are going to have Mark Langston in the booth with, I don't know if it's going to be with Maddie V or Patrick O'Neill. I don't know who the second half of that is going to be. But I do love Mark Langston for the same reason as I love Gooby. He played for the Angels. He knows the history of the Angels. He's been doing radio for, for a good while now for the Angels. So nothing that is going to surprise him or there's going to be things where he's going to know about the Angels players' history that you know another guy who just came to, to, to this job this year is not going to know. And I, and I love that. I, I love the fact that when you talk with Gooby or you hear Gooby on the broadcast, he'll have these little things here and there that you feel like you learned something. And I, I love that feeling when Gooby's on the broadcast, and I'm sure Langston will do just as well. Um, I loved him, his new addition to the, the pregame, Langston. Langston's been in the pregame now for a little while. Uh, I, like Again, you can just tell there's a familiarity with the team. You can tell that there's um, a passion for the team that I don't think it comes across that way with, with the newer guys, with Bobby V, with Matty V, with, all, with some of those newer guys. Um, so I am excited for the weekend for that reason as well. But, yeah, you can definitely tell that Gooby is a guy that is sorely missed and I can't wait till he gets behind the camera again or in front of the camera again for this team. So roster moves that were done this series. So starting on Monday after the game on uh, in Chicago, that was the deadline, or this is actually before, I believe, right before the game in Chicago on Monday. Um, I don't know if I talked about it at all, but Andrew Wants and Elvis Paguero have been, were optioned to AAA Salt Lake because of the inning, or not the innings, the uh, roster cut down after the first month of the year. Kind of surprising that they sent two pitchers down. They didn't need to send two pitchers down. They only needed to send one, but was they sent two down and we'll see how that kind of plays out the, the rest of this year. So those two guys sent down, they did join the taxi squad. So what that means, I don't know if you guys know, but they kind of just travel with the team when they're on the road for any kind of emergency um, activations. Um, and so they're not flying from, you know, you get into Salt Lake and then you have to turn right back around and fly to the East Coast. So they travel with the team. Usually they, they travel with a couple pitchers, I believe a catcher and a position player or two. So that happened on Monday. On Tuesday, this was kind of um, interesting in a couple ways. In the morning, we saw the news about Joe Adele getting sent down. And if you listen to our Instagram live, um, that was kind of a, a, 
a point about Joe Adele. How, how long do you give him? What do you need to do? And one of the things I said he does need is everyday reps. So I'm sure he gets it down to Salt Lake has to do a lot with that, getting everyday reps, not only at the plate, but in the outfield. You, you, you've seen his defense in left field. It's not, you would call, up to par at the major league level. I'm sure he would say that too. But he is definitely a guy that needs to get everyday reps, gets everyday at-bats to get better because I don't know any young player that's going to get better by just sitting on the bench and playing maybe every fourth day, fifth day. So he was optioned to AAA Salt Lake, and the Angels recalled Jose Rojas to take his spot. And so that looks like he might be the fourth outfielder. I'm still not sure who the true fourth outfielder is going to be on this team, but you can definitely lock it in that Brandon – uh, Trout and Ward are going to be the the starting outfielders probably for the foreseeable future. Um, again, they don't have an off day to went to Thursday next Thursday, so a week from today. So we'll have to wait and see if that fourth outfielder is needed or how often they get in um, to games. As again, this stretch of I believe another six games in a row, three against Washington, three against Tampa Bay. Um, plays out but yeah it doesn't look like they have a true fourth outfielder and we'll have to see how that how that goes but hopefully joe can go down the triple a uh for a couple weeks and just get reps and get confident and get his confidence back again not only at the plate but also in the field Um, you've seen what a high level defensive player can do with with brandon marsh so even if he is struggling offensively his defense is so good that they can't afford to take him out of the lineup and you know, hopefully with with Brand with Joe, if it's not his defense, hopefully he gets such a hot bat that you can't afford to take him out of the lineup. But it just seems like right now, you know, neither one of them is really clicking on all on all gears. Hopefully one of them does soon, and he's able to get brought up because I mentioned this before on our on our Twitter and our Instagram that I truly believe that for for this team to make a serious run into the playoffs, Joe will have to be a major part of it. And it doesn't necessarily mean he has to be a starter to be a part of it. But if he is a guy that's coming off the bench in playoff type situations, a guy that come off the bay, come off the off the bench and pitch run, he is. You, everyone's seen as pass he is. I don't have to explain that. He can steal you a base. You know, one of your catchers gets a base hit. Now you pitch hit Joe or pitch run Joe, and now he's able to steal second. Now you have a guy in scoring position without really even trying. So stuff like that, him being able to pitch hit at times with his power when you need a multi, uh, multi-base multi hit, he can be that guy. So I truly believe that the Angels are going to need him to make a serious run in the playoffs because you do need those guys off your bench. It was – I don't know if it was the year that the Royals beat the Angels in a divisional series or the year after where they won the World Series, but it just seemed like whenever the Royals got on first – they had one or two guys that would be pitched that would pitch run and still second and a, a base hit turned into a double because the guy was able to steal second base and that kind of helped them in their long playoff run so i definitely think a player like joe is going to be needed i don't necessarily know if he's going to be able to start especially if ward continues his streak but if he can be a good bench player for this year and steal bases and and come up in clutch situations and get base hits this team's depth is only going to get better, and I think that's the one thing that this team is lacking is depth off the bench and depth overall in your, you know, you have your 26-man roster, but there's always a kind of a rotation of, you know, 30, 34 
guys that are going to constantly kind of make that rotation, pitchers included, between AAA and the majors. So hopefully Joe is able to get stuff right. Hopefully uh, Joe comes up and is able to contribute to this team in the way I know he really wants to. So another kind of accident, or not even another one, but just a freak accident that happened on um, happened on Wednesday, actually. Uh, Austin Ward, during BP, Boston's BP, was, I believe, in the outfield, throwing the ball around, stretching out. Uh, a kid got his attention, asked for a ball, so by the time he reached down for the ball and was going to flip it up into the stands, an errant uh, BP ball ends up clipping his nose and knocking him down. And this is his words, knocking, knocking him down to a knee, but not knocked out. Nose broken. Um, I understand a very bloody mess at the time. So unfortunately, he had to go on the IL, the 15-day IL. But it seems like he's going to be out there, uh, be on it a little bit longer than just 15 days. He stayed out there with the team, flying back with the team today on Thursday. Surgery is set for Tuesday in California, in Anaheim. So I'm sure after the surgery, after he's able to heal up probably for a couple of days, they'll come out with an actual timetable about when uh, he'll be available to come back off the IL. Good news being is that it's not an arm, it's not an elbow, it's not anything like that to where a point where I don't think, you know, obviously the surgery is going to happen. They'll probably keep him off his off his feet for a couple of days or at least a day or two. And But after that, I don't see why he couldn't continue a throwing regimen, uh, you know, as long as the pain is able to, as long as he's able to withstand the pain, I don't see why not he can't continue to progress and be able to um, work out so when he is cleared he is able to jump right back onto that roster so hoping for a speedy recovery by austin warren talked uh talked to his mom he seems to be in high spirits he's able to just kind of shake it off and be like okay another little hiccup but he is not shaken by this at all he is ready to go ready for uh, whatever comes next but again freak accident i mean i don't know if i've ever seen someone get hit with the ball at bp i am literally standing or not standing sitting in a press box at Inland Empire during BP. And, you know, there's always guys kind of walking around or talking, stuff like that. But I have never seen a guy get hit in the nose with a ball during BP. So an absolute freak accident, an absolute, um, pardon the pun, bad break for Austin Warren, a guy that has been showing a lot of promise the last couple years for the Angels. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the All Angels podcast. Again, our next episode will be recording Sunday night after the Washington series. So if you have any questions, comments, or anything like that about the game or just about the podcast in general, make sure you email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. That's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can DM us at halo underscore haven, both on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, so another little special thing coming out. I've talked about it for a little bit. Um, on Friday morning, there will be a, or uh, yeah, on Friday morning you'll have a two free. So this one will come out Friday morning, and the Mother's Day special will come out Friday morning as well, where I talk with Alana Hicks, the mother of uh, Austin Warren, the Angels reliever. Kind of uh, not weird timing, but kind of. Um, 
uh, unfortunate timing, I guess, with the accident and all that stuff. But um, it was recorded prior to that, so we didn't talk about it, or else it definitely would have been kind of a talking point. But um, definitely check that out. Again, I've done Mother's Day episodes the last couple of years. Uh, last year was with Debbie Skaggs. The year before that was was with Sonia Marsh. So I, I enjoyed those podcasts. I enjoyed doing uh, talking to the mother's point of views because, like I mentioned before, they kind of go through it too with the players, the ups, the downs, um, and and they're you know they kind of have a different point of view from it. So always enjoy. So definitely check it out. So you'll have this one, and you'll have the Mother's Day special. So if your mom, if if your mom is uh, you know the baseball mom in your life, make sure you say Happy Mother's Day. Uh, maybe share that that interview with a uh, with Alana Hicks. Um, because you know there's a lot of good stories and a lot of uh you can tell a lot of mom love behind each and every story so so that's going to be coming out the, uh tomorrow on friday may 6th so i hope you guys enjoy both of them so make sure you uh if you're done with this one check out the mother's day special and we'll be back on recording sunday night after the washington national series so again you can always reach out all angels podcast at gmail.com or halo underscore haven on twitter and on instagram so I am Daniel Garcia, and this has been another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.